there. You are listening to the Love and Loss Podcast. I'm your host, Sherry Johnson, and I am on this earth to help you recover emotionally, physically, and spiritually from miscarriage. It's definitely my calling. It wasn't all that long ago that I too suffered three miscarriages of my own and six years of infertility. And I really know how painful and lonely the journey can be. Over those six years, I developed some really solid tools for releasing the emotional pain of loss and for truly healing from the inside out. And I'm here to share them all with you so that you can feel like yourself again. So if you've had a miscarriage or experienced the loss that infertility brings, because there is a loss there too, you are in the right place. And I'm so grateful that you're taking the first step toward healing by joining me today. Let's get started. Hey there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to episode number 20 on the Love and Loss podcast. Today we're talking about the number one belief that is keeping you from healing. A few weeks ago, I released an episode called The Six Myths That Prevent You From Healing After a Miscarriage and from grief in general, actually, I would add. It was an amazing episode with Kirsten Fry, who is a is an expert on grief. And it was episode number 16, by the way, and you can find it at sherryjohnson.ca slash 16. Um, or you can just find that episode on Spotify or iTunes or wherever you're listening. Uh, that episode was about six common beliefs that we have as a society, really, um, particularly in the Western world, that really keep you from emotionally healing from grief. And in that episode, we talked about those six things, but there was one particular myth that we didn't delve into that much. And it's the belief that there's nothing you can do about grief at all. So, and I think that is actually a pretty common belief. There's actually, let me back up. I'm going to tell you my story first. I had my first miscarriage. It was actually eight years ago now, just this month. And I went back to work the next day. I didn't even realize that I was grieving. I didn't cry right away. So I just sort of thought I was fine. And I also thought that when people took time off work to heal after a miscarriage, it was because of the physical healing that they needed to do. I didn't realize that there was emotional healing and grief that went along with a miscarriage. So, and in terms of physical healing, I was fine in that respect as well for a bunch of reasons. I didn't have any physical pain, at least not at first. So I didn't even really know that I was allowed to grieve, let alone to actually take some time and take any sort of action to heal. And when it comes down to it, if someone had actually suggested that I go to a support group at the time, which nobody did, I'm not even sure that I would have gone. I just sort of believed that I had to slog it out. But what happens when you just slog it out? 
this is what I want to talk to you about today. It's a bit like an injury, a physical injury that you don't take care of and doesn't heal properly. That's what I liken it to. So at first it hurts like heck. And then after a while, you just sort of get used to having that pain. And it's just something that's, that's just kind of always there in the background. And you just start living with it. So here's a simplistic example from my own experience. A couple of weeks ago, I injured my back. I could feel it, but I ignored it. And I actually, I didn't stop to tend to it at all. I kept working out. I kept doing all the things that I probably shouldn't have been doing until, and, and it sort of did subside for a bit and I started, I stopped noticing it until I woke up one day and it was like my back was screaming. It was sharp pain. Suddenly it had, you know, made, really made itself known. So I finally went to the chiropractor and I started putting my, I have an all natural cream that I use on it. It's called deep blue by doTERRA. It's amazing. I started using my prickly ball. I don't know if any of you have one of these or know what I'm talking about. It's like a, a ball that you use to roll on your body and it's supposed to kind of release tension and release the, the fascia and it's, it's kind of prickly. Um, and now it's actually healing. When I tend to my pain, it begins to feel better and it actually heals. And if I had tended to it right from the get-go, it might even be gone by now. I might not even have this, you know, have had that extra pain. Now let's just liken this now to your current scenario. When you first lose your baby you have this huge loss, this feeling of emptiness. And at first that feeling is fresh. It's new. It hurts. But if you don't actually tend to that emotional injury, if you just push it away or ignore it, you just, you just adapt to the feelings of emptiness. It's still there. It just feels a bit different. Just like my back pain, it it may start to feel more like a constant dull ache and just move into the background, or it might show up as a knifing pain. It might resurface and present itself in, in that different way. And sometimes that can look very different than the initial sadness that you felt. It might present itself as as a burst of anger or irritation or resentment just and just like the back pain it it might move around um my back pain sometimes feels you know in the beginning it just sort of felt like um like a kink and then it kind of faded into the background and then it showed up as a real knifing pain all of that to say that your pain doesn't go away unless you work on it, unless you tend to it, unless you do something about it. And let me tell you what I mean by doing something about it. There are things that we hear about that you can do. There's numbing, which is a little bit like ignoring, but that is something that doctors will 
actually even prescribe. Um, they'll, they'll give you a prescription for sedatives if you can't even get through the day. And there's a place for that kind of, that kind of healing. It allows you to get to a place where you can actually do some more active healing. So those more active types of healing are online support. So there are Facebook groups out there that are like a a support group. There are live in-person support groups, which likely now have moved to online sort of like group um, therapy, which might be, or group support, which might be done over a Zoom call or, or something like that. Um, but they used to be in person where you would meet with other people who are going through the same thing. And then there's therapy. And um, I actually did therapy. That was the the one that I chose. I didn't even consider any of the other things and none of them were presented to me as options anyway, nor did I go looking for them. But there's actually a lot more that you can do outside of these things that you might have heard about. There are some real actionable steps that you can take towards your own healing. And I've talked about them all before on this podcast. They're they're all the things that are in my own toolbox. And they're things like meditation, using positive affirmations that are really targeted, there's journal writing, there's essential oils, there's even uh, something that I added most recently to my toolkit are crystal healing, crystals. And they have some very powerful healing properties to them as well. I will tell you that it was years after my first miscarriage when I realized that I had a lot of emotional work to do that I hadn't processed and healed from my own grief. And I started using all of these tools to recover emotionally and spiritually, and they really work. But it does take a little bit of effort. I have to be honest about that. You might have even tried some of them before and very quickly decided that they didn't work. I found that it was the specific way that I used these tools that made the biggest difference, the sequence of them and the specific, um, the specific unique way that I use them. And I use my own unique process in my online coaching program and it definitely works. It's been proven to work, but first you have to believe that it's actually possible to heal emotionally from grief. Nothing will work for you unless you have that belief that you don't have to just adapt to the feeling. And once you believe, then you can begin the emotional healing process. If you already know that you're ready to start the healing process, I will put the link to my online program in the show notes for this episode at sherryjohnson.ca slash 20. You can enroll in that anytime, actually. Well, that's a wrap for today's episode. Let me quickly recap. Um, Really what I wanted to get across in this episode is that there are some very actionable steps that you can take towards your own healing. You just need to have the belief first 
that healing is possible and that you don't just have to slug it out or ignore your pain or try to just sort of get through it. There are steps you can take. You just need to believe first that it's possible. I hope that you receive some value from this episode. It was kind of short and sweet. I would love it if you hopped on over to my Instagram account, which is at miscarriage, love, and loss, and tell me what you thought. That would be awesome. So, and I also hope you'll join me next week. I'll be talking about essential oils for grief. If you're not using them, you are missing out on a whole bunch of benefits. I'll be sharing all of that next week on the Love and Loss podcast. Thanks so much for listening today. Until next time, bye for now. Before you head out, I would be forever grateful if you left me a review on iTunes as that's going to help other women who are suffering from miscarriage or infertility to find this podcast. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'll be back next Thursday with another episode for you. In the meantime, make it a week of nurturing and healing for yourself. Bye for now.